is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Wow, what a week in real estate when the numbers have been released. I've got lots to talk to you about today. And what do you think? Is Vancouver topping out? One fund manager actually decided to throw his hat into the mix and say, the market's already crashing. Most of you should be sitting there saying, okay, what Cocoa Puffs has he been eating? Because quite frankly, he's out to lunch in my opinion, but I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. And of course, the numbers in Toronto, they're not lying, folks. The market continues to be strong. Bank of Canada is a little bit afraid of doing anything also. So what's going to happen with interest rates? All coming up this hour here on News Talk 1010's Simply Real Estate with your host, me, Todd C. Slater. And also, uh, in a little while, I've got a special guest joining me. And, you know, whenever we talk about real estate, we talk about the structural aspect of real estate. And one of the most important aspects of your home, of course, are your windows. Well, I'm going to be bringing in a, a expert in the field uh, Andre Lamar, and um, he is a window expert, and we're going to talk a lot about windows. So if you've got some uh, kind of you know thoughts in your mind about replacing windows, well, you know what? You're going to want to listen to what Andre has to say, some great information coming up later in the hour. And uh, just so you know, we've been uh, we've been real, real busy here uh, you know, with the show, talking about, to all sorts of different people in the industry, trying to figure some things out. And, you know, a lot of people are starting to struggle with their investments. Bond rates are down. And, you know, what do you do with your RSPs when you are struggling? Well, I'm just letting you know, next week, that's right, one week from today, I have a very special guest joining me. Uh, it is Chris Humanick. He is president of Community Trust. And you may not know the name of the company, but Community has the ability of being able to help people unlock their RRSPs and being able to utilize them in things such as mortgages. That's right. Government qualified mortgages, folks, it can be done. And by the way, the Simple Investor has a major announcement next week regarding this. We are having a special offering for those of you that want to utilize RRSPs in mortgages. An incredible, incredible guest to have in. You're going to learn about syndicated mortgages. You've heard some of the nightmares out there regarding them. Well, he's going to dispel some of the myths. He's going to tell you what to watch for. And again, that is my guest coming up next week, Mr. Chris Humanick, and he is president of Community Trust. You're definitely going to want to tune into that if you have RRSPs and you're wanting to do something with them in your future. And speaking of future... Um, you know what? Kind of funny. The Simple Investor right now, you know, incredible, incredible uh, response to our release. A lot of our listeners uh, have become investors. But you know what? The one thing I can tell you, we're at our final phase. Uh, in fact, starting next week, uh, we are releasing the final phase. We've only got 16 townhomes available in our final phase. And it's our last release this year. There will be no other releases until 2017. If you're thinking of becoming an investor, now's the time. Go to thesimpleinvestor.com or call us at the office 905-812-2524. Don't miss out. 99900 for an investment property, townhome, three bedrooms, fully rented, fully managed. You do nothing. Hands off. Incredible product. Go to thesimpleinvestor.com today to find out more. Um, but 
let's talk about today here in the city, what's going on. You know, incredible numbers. In fact, whenever we take a look at the uh, topics, you know, of real estate, you know, I don't think there's one that's even uh, talked about more nowadays. You know, we talk about things such as, you know, obviously, you know, major, major events happening around the world. But one of the most common topics right now is real estate. Everybody can own it. Everybody can talk about it. Everybody can rent it. Uh, more importantly, everybody can invest in it. And when we take a look at some of the numbers coming through, pretty staggering. In fact, the Financial Post uh, had an article out this week, which I found very interesting because it was interesting how they phrased it. Canadian real estate prices to see largest annual increase this century. Okay, so are we referring to the 2000s? Because if that's the case, that means greatest increase in the last 16 years. The funny thing is the way they phrase that, because they didn't say in the last 100 years, because if we all fell back into 1988, we actually had bigger increases in Toronto and the GTA area. We actually had better, bigger increases year over year in those years just before the crash. So does that mean I'm sitting there telling you all of you that we're in a bubble? You know, you'll hear me all the time talk about this. I do not believe Toronto is in a bubble situation, not all of the market. Detached market, I think you're pretty much safe. I think that we've got so much demand that at this time, we're not going to see that market do much of an adjustment. Bank of Canada this week also said they're not moving on interest rates. In fact, they've actually pushed it out to potentially any form of increase 2018-2019. So they've pushed their actual schedule back by almost 18 months telling us that they're not doing anything with interest rates. If anything, we could potentially look at interest rates going down. Uh, if they adjust it, and again, it's going to depend on you know everything that happened in Alberta. How is it trickling through? Where are oil prices going? What's going on you know, through the rest of the economy? And heck, let's throw it into the mix. Is Mr. Trump going to be elected as the next president in the U.S. or Hillary Clinton? You know, I, I don't know what side you fall on there, but quite frankly, I don't think either one of them is going to do a good job. And I think the problem is going to happen that the U.S. economy is going to have a real struggle over the next four years. And when that happens, of course, Canada kind of stays in tow. So I don't see numbers really changing interest rate wise. You know, a lot of people want to sit on the fence and don't want to give their opinions on markets. Um, I'm going to tell you right now that I personally think that the Toronto market is going to be very stable. I think what we're going to see is we're going to see more building permits released in the condominium market. I think that's really important because this allows first time home buyers to get into the market. I think interest rates are going to stay, you know, at the low that they're at for quite a while yet. And this is positive if you want to be an investor or if you're going for your first property. But remember, my caveat here is always this. Make sure you do not overextend yourselves. Always factor in the potential of an increase in interest rates and that you can still afford it. You don't want to live on craft dinner. If some of you do, that's fine by choice, but not because you have to. So let's make sure that when you're buying something, keep it affordable. But back to that uh, that headline that I talked about uh, a minute ago. So adding that prices will rise 12.4% in 2016. Interesting. Next part of it is, of course, that the price is going to rise 27% year over year in Vancouver. 27%. And then looking at Toronto, 14.9%, all very, very strong increases. But here's the thing. Then we flip the next page of the newspaper and they are talking about foreign ownership. The numbers are very low. 
In fact, with the latest survey done by the government, and of course, who knows if they're just trying to appease everybody, they're saying it's dramatically low. Anywhere from 3 to 5%, as high as 7% uh, is foreign ownership in Vancouver. And of course, all the realtors in the area get up in arms on that because they're saying, what are you talking about? They're up 30, 40, 50% of all transactions being done in the Vancouver area are being done by foreign uh, foreign uh, buyers or investors. So what's the truth? I mean, where are the numbers? You know, are, are, are realtors trying to gain headlines? Are they trying to jump all over it? Or is that actually the number? So did the government bobble here and not give us the facts? Gee, that would be a first, wouldn't it? So let's look at the reality. There is foreign buyers, okay? And that's not a bad thing. There is, it's a bad thing if you as a Canadian uh, are not able to buy. But if we look at Toronto, and this is always the area that we need to focus, because this is where it matters to us. Toronto does not have as many foreign buyers. We do not have the flipping strategy. And at the end of the day, you know what? Prices are going up because Torontonians want to upgrade. They want to move up to the next property. So you're not beating yourselves into the ground by people coming in from other countries and beating you out just to leave the property vacant. And speaking of vacancy, of course, Vancouver is going to probably allow the vacancy tax going through. My question to, to, to I guess, our government officials, are we going to throw that into effect here in Toronto? The funny thing is, is that there's not a lot of detaches that are sitting vacant. If they are, it's because they're going to plow them down and put up a brand new home. But when we talk about condominiums, there are some. And is this because foreign ownership has decided to buy, invest, hold, and let it go that way? Or will they eventually start renting them out or let some family members move into them? This is the thing that Toronto should be concerned about. I don't know if we're going to implement the vacancy tax. It's probably a positive thing to do. Uh, I don't see it as a negative, but I do see, you know, down the road, people are going to question it. And will it slow down our actual purchasing by foreign investors? It's one of those things. Now, just so you know, Montreal, foreign investors, for some reason, are not liking Montreal. In fact, the numbers are not that staggering. 1.3% of all homes owned in the Montreal area are owned by foreign investors, and only 4.9% in the downtown core are owned by foreign investors. That is not a big part of their market, but yet Montreal is starting to see a little bit of an upswing. We see a couple markets that are are starting to stumble a little. Price-wise, we know that Alberta is starting to hurt a little. Again, we haven't seen monumental decreases. We're sitting at about 2% decrease in the Alberta area. Some areas 1.5. We're going to wait and find out on the rebuild in Fort McMurray if it's going to have an adverse effect to value. We'll wait and see. Uh, Right now, of course, out in the East Coast, they're the ones struggling the most, uh, probably at a low of 2.5% decrease year over year. You know, those are the things that are happening, folks. It's reality. This is talking about real estate and real estate in the Canadian economy right now. There's no ironclad place. Right now, Vancouver and Toronto, yes, we're on an upswing. But quite frankly, there's a lot of parts of Canada that are not. So this is what's making it tough for a lot of people to make decisions. But the one thing I can tell you is that no matter what, when you buy and hold real estate, if it's for yourself, your family, you really can't go wrong. Because remember, technology can improve absolutely everything, but you always need a roof over your head, no matter what. doesn't matter what your smartwatch will tell you. 
at the end of the day, you still got to go home and have a roof over your head. And that's one of the important things when you think about real estate. As I said, coming up after the break, I've got Andre Lamar. We are going to be talking windows. And you know what? You want to stay tuned for the rest of the hour for that, because for sure, you're going to find out some facts that you did not know about your property. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Have you ever thought about your windows? You know, a lot of people really don't think about their windows. Um, The only time you think about windows normally is when there's a home inspection or, of course, when they're leaking and you look down at the, the ground and all of a sudden you see this big pool of water inside. But a lot of people don't think about their windows. And, you know, as a contractor years and years and years ago, Um, One of the things that I always knew that windows were one of the most important aspects of any home. They can be very expensive, but more importantly, they can make your, your life much more efficient. And, you know, it's one of those things that when you're selling a home, one of the first things that a, uh, a home inspector goes for is the windows. It's kind of the easy pickings for them. And so I decided that I would bring on a professional and we're going to talk about windows today because it is one of the biggest investments you'll make in your home, one of the most important investments you'll make in your home. And as I said, for years and years and years as a contractor and as a realtor, you know, windows were always one of the main things that were flagged. And so I'm going to welcome into the show today is Andre Lamar. He is uh, president and owner of Oakville Windows and Doors. And Andre, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Todd. You know, one of the things that, um, you know, I think that our listeners should know, you've been in windows for a long, long time. In fact, you used to be a contractor building homes uh, with your father. That's correct. And then you decided that you wanted to focus on probably one of the most important aspects of a property, and that's windows. So how long have you been doing this? Approximately 20 years uh, in the windows, and prior to that, it was custom home building with my father. Right. Now, Andre, you know, when we talk about windows, there's a lot of stuff that we can talk about. And first and foremost, you know, we talk about um, energy efficiencies, but, you know, a lot of people go immediately to price. And, you know, it's amazing out there. There is such a huge, diverse group of both windows, installers, companies, Um you know, how is it possible for people to actually take a look um, and and get the proper pricing? I mean, one of the things that I've always encouraged everybody to do, if you do anything and you're dealing with contractors, it's always good to get three quotes. What's your take on that? Yeah, I totally uh, believe in that. It, you've got to be educated. And I can tell the people that have already been dealing with other people when I enter their homes because they're asking intelligent questions typically. Uh, and I just try to lead them down the path that's going to make it easier for us to work together. But I always keep their house in mind. I treat their house like it's mine with respect. Okay. So let's let's talk about windows in, the, in themselves. So a lot of times when people are going to put their homes on the market, um, you know, they're, they're looking at it. And, you know, if you've got older windows, there's got to be a factor, you know, people keep in mind that, you know, if the windows have to be replaced, it's going to be X. But... You know, a lot of people will not sell their home with brand new windows. They'll turn around and say, you know what, that's the buyer's problem. What should buyers be looking at when they're walking into a home? You know, for the first time, normally they haven't hired their home inspector yet. They're taking a look at the property. When you when you want to identify windows, you know, there's a couple of main things that people should be looking at. What are those that they need to be looking at? Well, typically uh, rot 
is something you want to look at, uh, weather-beaten windows, and you typically look at the bottom of the window in order to, to assess that situation, just like a tire. When you've got a flat tire, it's only flat on the bottom. <laughs> so you look at the inside uh, corners of the casing trim, typically. So uh, that's what I do uh, when I come out to do a physical inspection on somebody's home. Some people say, do I need to replace these yet? So one of the first things I'll look at is the trim that surrounds the window. The bottom two corners, sometimes that, that, that gap is quite large. And that typically means that water infiltrated the frame of the window and then froze over time. So depending on the size of the gap, typically depends how long that window's been compromised with outside moisture. So water gets in the frame, freezes over the winter, spreads out the gap on the bottom, not on the top because water runs downhill. The outside, if there's rot, typically that's another clear indication. So right now we're talking a little bit more about wooden windows. Um, you know, there are the vinyl windows, of course, that uh, eventually need to be replaced. One of, one of the, you know, things that, you know, we, we learned years and years ago um, was the fact that you can actually look inside the actual window. In the corner, you'll see a little stamp normally of when they've been dated, correct? Yeah, that's, that's correct. It's usually found around the perimeter of the window. And you can tell the year that it was made typically uh, based on that. And you can look for other things as well, such as argon plugs and things like that. So one of the reasons why I bring that up for our listeners is, of course, when you're looking, folks, at buying uh, real estate, you know, and you could have a seller turn around and say, hey, look, you know what? We've got newer windows. And I love that expression, newer windows. What exactly is a newer window? And when I ask that question of the seller, they say, oh, yeah, it's just a few years old. Well... In some people's analysis, a few is 15, other people is five. And so, you know, as a buyer, and, and of course, when you when you tune into Simply Real Estate here uh, at News Talk 1010, folks, you know, one of the things I always want to give you is some form of education. And here here's a telltale for you. Walk up to the window, take a look, you know, in the inside. You'll see where the glass meets the actual frame itself, okay? And take a look, and inside you will see a stamp, and the stamp is the date that this window was manufactured. And if somebody turns around and tells you that these windows were fairly new, and it says, you know, 1995, then you know that you're dealing with a 21-year-old window. But, Andre, how long should windows, you know, the newer style windows, how long should they last? The warranty on windows is typically lifetime, which is, a, is approximately 40 years. Now, that gets broken down into different aspects like the glass. The glass has about a 20-year warranty, and that's against seal failure. Hardware is typically good for life. And workmanship typically goes with the company. Different companies have different workmanship warranties. But 40 years is typical. Okay. So, of course, you know, if somebody got 40 years out of wooden windows, that would be miraculous. That means they're painting them every once in a while, putting in new caulking. Because, obviously, wooden windows, because of the elements here in Canada, they are not going to last as long. But are people still doing window, uh, wooden windows? Uh, some people are doing wood windows, but that's on the inside, typically. The outside usually clad with aluminum. Okay, so so there's lots of options for people to be able to go Certainly. to. Certainly. Yeah. So, folks, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Simply Real Estate. I am your host, Todd C. Slater. My guest is Andre Lamar. Uh, he is president of Oakville Windows and Doors. 
you know, over 20 years experience, um, we're talking about Windows and there's lots more for us to talk about. And um, so, you know, make sure you stay with us because, again, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty. And by the way, there's lots coming up regarding the government, you know, um, energy audits and maybe a little bit of a break for you. So stay with us. We're going to go to a break. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about Windows. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. If you're just tuning in, my guest today is Andre Lamar, and we are talking Windows. Andre is a over 20-year professional of Windows. Previously, he was a contractor that built homes, so construction is in his blood. And folks, you know, one of the things that you've got to realize is how important Windows are to you, your home, your energy efficiency. Andre, just before the break, you and I were talking about the longevity of windows. New windows being replaced should have a 40-year lifespan and, of course, 20 years for a few pieces of the window because not all you know, manufacturers are going to give you a full 40-year warranty. Um, but when we talk about windows, you know, there's so many options out there. Are there windows that are better or is there better designs you know, for windows for people's homes today? Yeah, typically the design of the window dictates where it goes in the house, such as windows that slide sideways or up and down. You'll notice those windows have the screens on the exterior. So from the front of your home, you try not to show screens from the front of your home. So you'll have typically the the windows that have cranks. So the windows that have cranks, the window cranks outwards, therefore the screen is on the inside. And when you drive by a lot of homes that you do like, you notice you don't see screens. So that's very important. I try to give my clients that type of information so that if they decide to sell later on, they have a good exit strategy. So I'm not looking at today. I'm looking at as an an investment for the clients. They shouldn't just be spending money on their house. They should be investing in their house. It's more fun. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. And for, for a lot of people, I don't think they realize that, you know, when, when, you, when you think about windows, it shouldn't be that you're just thinking about today. You should be thinking about curb appeal, color, things like that, but also, you know, energy efficiencies. Um, right now, we know that the, uh, the government is looking at doing energy audits, especially in the future. Uh, you know, it's been announced that they want all homes that will be coming into the market to have some form of energy audit. So, the, you know, I'll... This was uh, this was announced probably about six or eight months ago. And of course, everybody in the real estate industry just you know hit the roof saying, "Oh, great! Now we're going to be able to show off how bad our clients' homes are." But ultimately, in the end, the idea of an energy audit is to you know hopefully save energy for people. You've been involved in this previously because this isn't the first time that this has gone around. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened in the past and really what direction this needs to go in? Well, in the past, you had both governments uh, partaking in the program, so you had the federal government which was pitching in about $40 per every window opening and the provincial government doing the same. One of the governments isn't in it any longer and people are getting $40 per window. I'd love to see it go back to what it was so that people are more inspired to do work on their home. So if we take our average home, um, you know, I don't, and and sorry, I know we have to deal with averages sometimes, and that's really tough for somebody in your business because obviously different square footage is different numbers of windows, but let's say the average home would contain 15 to 20 windows on the average. Mm -hmm. So potentially $40, so they're looking at anywhere from about, you know, $600 to $800 in savings. 
But the average, if, if we take the average window, and, and, and again, I'm not going to quote people, and please don't think that these are Andre's prices, but if we take a look at the average window costing, let's say $400 or $500, so about 10% savings, does that sound about right with the government assistance? Yeah, that sounds uh, right in there. But there's other things they can do to their home outside of windows, and I'd encourage every homeowner to, to look and see what else they can do. Attic insulation is a big one, furnaces. If you're going to spend a few bucks, it's good to do it all at once and get paid. Right. So back to the windows then. If we take a look, there's different levels of windows. And do you really get what you pay for? I mean, is there that much of a difference? You, you know, you can see advertisements. You know, a lot, of, a lot of our listeners may go to Home Depot because you can quick, you know, order some windows. And I think they probably have some decent suppliers. But then again, you also have some of the custom window companies out there. Um, is there a big difference or is it just more fit and finish? What, 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 is, what makes a good window a good window? Well, that's a good question, Todd. I mean, there's a couple governing bodies that do testing on windows, and you'll find that the two predominant ones are Energy Star, and the second one is CSA. So windows are tested on performance. Typically, they're tested on water, air, and sound. Previously, we spoke about styles of window, and a window that seals using rubber, such as a casement window that would have a crank associated with it, that has one moving part called the sash. So when the sash comes to rest on the frame, it's sealed with one or two rubber strips or basically rubber gaskets. That's the best way to seal a window. So the test results from those types of windows is much higher than a window that slides. So a window that slides either up and down or side to side doesn't have rubber. So it's going to score approximately half as efficient as the other windows. And that's something for people to consider as well. So those things, the things that are affected mostly by that are sound. Oftentimes the neighbors don't want to hear the neighbors. And you, you might not want to use a sliding window for that reason. Now, of course, there's the actual finish of them. So we'd, we talked about things being clad. We talked about things being wood inside. If people want to have still that kind of wood feeling so they can paint the inside of the window, does that cost more money than having it just as a, you know, a, let's say, you know, a, a clad window on the inside as well? Or, you know, where where can people save money or where do people spend money? Yeah, well, I find that the custom home builders we deal with, they like the wood finish on the inside, but the homeowners typically want a nice, clean, non-microbial vinyl finish on the inside. So the portions we talk about are the jam extensions, and that's the four sides of the window that line up with the drywall that have the, the trim nailed to. Right. So you can use vinyl or you can use wood, you can stain wood, you can paint wood. So the type of wood you choose is based on what your final outcome Right, yes. what you're trying to what achieve. What you're trying to achieve, for yeah. sure. So, folks, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Simply Real Estate. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater, and with me is Andre Lamar from um, Oakville Windows and Doors, and we are talking windows. And, Andre, of course, people can reach you at oakvillewd.com. Is that correct? That's our website. Yeah, so, you, you know, when we talk about windows, there's a huge diversity there. We, you know, we know prices. I mean, you can you can buy windows as cheap as $200. You can buy windows as much as $5,000. I mean, there is, it, it is incredible. It's, it's like cars. I mean, you can buy a cheap car, you can buy a really expensive car. And I was asking the question, you know, do you really get what you pay for? It seems like energy efficiency, um, the ability of ease, you know, a lot of these windows now you can tilt out, you know, or you tilt so you can clean them, they, they're easy to come out. Are these all positive things or is it just, or are people overcomplicating windows? Should they keep it simple so they last longer or do all these little idiosyncrasies that they're throwing into design, are they actually worth it? 
I'm the kind of guy that likes to keep it simple. So my method of uh, selling a window hasn't really changed over the years because I the styles really haven't changed. The quality of the styles has certainly gone up. Typically, you know, window slides or it cranks, you know, and that's that's way, it. <laughs> that's you know the the simple the simple window typically, and that's what we do. We do a high end window, but they they do either the sliding, the tilting, or the cranking. You know, that's right. that's typically what we sell, and it seems to fit most most, most people. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff gets made up for uh, you know when we talk about things like garage doors, sliding doors. I'm going to talk to you about that in a minute. But um, folks, just so you know, when selling a property, you know this will come into play. Windows are huge. There's there's a there's there's really, I'll call it four major issues with when you sell a home. First and foremost, roof. Everybody gravitates towards the roof. It's going to have to be done immediately. Second, of course, is heating and cooling source, which is your furnace and air conditioner. A lot of times, uh, home inspectors should not be telling you the condition of a furnace, by the way, when they do a home inspection. They should look at it, say, look, at it, it's, it's older. At that point, I'm going to encourage you to actually get either consumer's gas, you know, uh, one of the co- gas companies out there, or have a proper inspection done to a furnace. Your typical home inspector with their fancy clipboard does not necessarily understand a furnace thoroughly, and they cannot, if they're not licensed, really give a full opinion on that furnace. So I'm going to always encourage you, make sure you go with the professionals. Second, uh, sorry, third, of course, are windows. You know, very, very important. And fourth is your electrical panel, because if you're still on fuses, you're going to want to definitely uh, change that up because you want to go to breaker. So windows are right in there. Those are the four major expenses people need to be concerned about when buying. So put that on your list if you're a buyer right now. Make sure you're out there. And when you go to sell, make sure you use that same checklist because people are going to come after you for those four main items by the way stay with us we're going to go to a quick break when we return i'm going to have more with andre lamar and we're going to be talking about doors patio doors and what you need to do for safety so stay with us we'll be right back after this you're listening to simply real estate with todd c slater on news talk 1010 Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. Hey, so far I've been having a great conversation with my guest, Andre Lamar, about windows. And, you know, as you'll hear from me every once in a while, I try to throw in some tips and tricks when you are either going to buy and sell. And if you're out there buying properties... You're going to want to know what kind of shape your windows are in because it can be a major expense for you in the future. But more importantly, there's also the energy efficiency. And if we like it or not, the government's going to step in it and eventually make everybody have an energy audit when selling a property, which means they're going to reveal what kind of shape your windows are in. So are you ready for that? Well, you know what? Again, windows can be a huge, huge plus. Um, By the way, if you are interested in knowing more about our guest, go to oakvillewd.com. That is Oakville Windows and Doors, Inc. And Andre Lamar, um, so far we've been having a great discussion about windows, Andre. But the one thing that a lot of people um, probably aren't aware of is, of course, your garage door. 
the energy efficiency of a garage door. Now, folks, most of you just walk up to garage door and say, yeah, you throw it up or you hit the remote, boom, up it goes, down it goes. But there's actually energy efficiency built into garage doors, isn't there? Yeah, there certainly is. Uh, we call that an R factor. That's heat retention, basically. So the higher the number, the better it is. Okay. So when we talk about garage doors, um, we talk about, you know, some people like them like really fancy and pretty and they've got nice, nice windows in them. And then we have the ones that are just, you know, your basic solid looking door. What's the difference between the two? Well, the difference is typically appearance, but they can both be very energy efficient or they can both be fairly weak when it comes to that. So it's a matter of knowing what you're looking for and speaking to the salespeople you're dealing with uh, about what you're looking for. You okay, know. now a more solid door, uh, you know, I were talking offline, you're saying, you know, they're closer to an R17, but something with a window in it potentially can only be an R2 or R3. That's correct, yeah. So this makes a big difference. For those of you that have houses that have bedrooms, let's say, over top of the garage, you know, you're, you're running between R2 and then R17. That's a drastic difference. So that garage is going to be a lot colder or a lot hotter in the summer. Yeah, and that's what I try to talk to my clients about uh, Typically, when there's a garage below a, a, a great room or somebody's bedroom, I try to talk my peop- my clients out of putting glass in their doors because the insulative value of glass in a garage door could be as little as R2, R3, whereas the door itself is R17. Now, when you look at the typical construction of a 2x6 constructed house that, that's going up every day now, the R values of the wall are R18. So when you put a garage door that's R17, you're doing great. And then you cut holes in it to put glass in and you're going down to R2. Sure. Think of the room up above because sometimes just you got enough windows, hopefully on your home to do without a window on your garage door. Yeah, you're I don't hoping too, to yeah, keep it warm. Yeah. I don't too many, know why too many people want, you know, windows in a garage door. Cause quite frankly, and, and unless, unless of course you make your garage an extra room and that's your, where, where, you know, that's the man cave. <laughs> Maybe you need a there little bit of natural light. Uh, Andre, just, uh, just a quick comment then. When we talk about sliding glass doors, a lot of people like going with garden doors, but you've got a, you've got a little bit of a warning for people with, uh, with garden doors. Yeah, like uh, what I try to explain to people is the the weakest point of any span, and that's where I put my two index fingers together, is in the center. Where are you locking a garden door? In the center. So the weakest point, you're asking for it to be the strongest point. So I try to talk people out of double doors at the back of your home where most break-ins occur and have them put in a sliding door, which is going to be about two and a half times stronger. And... Double doors tend to leak more than other doors. So I try to get rid of that issue as well. So we have some really nice patio doors in our showroom and they look a lot like garden doors. So I try to talk people into that. Not only are they gonna save a few bucks, they're gonna have less issues down the road. And they come in all different sizes as well. Okay, so that's important. I, I like the safety factor because a lot of people aren't aware that, you know, basically when you have a garden door, if you, you hit it right in the middle, basically the whole thing can collapse. And so it makes it easy for you just to literally walk right in. We're sliding glass doors because of the way they're built, they're a lot more difficult. And so I, I think that's really good advice. You've, uh, you've obviously been called by the police a lot of times to have to deal with this kind of stuff or by clients because they've been broken into. Is that correct? It's the homeowners. Uh, yeah. It's the homeowners that, that call after a break and then I'll show up and I'll see that the frame's been broken. And that can be the back door or the front door. But mm-hmm. we have methods of overcoming that as well with our standard door systems. They're anything but standard. Our front door systems, back door systems, they lock in four locations. And we don't use a standard wooden frame. We use a frame that's much stronger, 
than a wood frame. Right. So we have ways of keeping the crooks on the right side of Texas. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. So um, listen, Andre, thank you so much for coming in today, um, folks. Uh, Andre Lamar, if you want to reach him, oakvillewd.com is your website. It's Oakville Windows and Doors. Um, just so our uh, listeners know, you I, I assume that you do, you know, uh, definitely West GTA or the better part of GTA yep. as far as you know, installs and, and work. We travel about 70, 75 kilometers from our head office. So Okay, which is out in Oakville. So uh, you know what? If you are in Scarborough, you can definitely reach out to Andre. If you think about Windows, folks, always go with a professional. You'll hear me say that. I always encourage three quotes whenever you're looking at something. Andre, thanks so much for joining us today at Simply Real Estate. Very good. And the more people you see, the better we look. If you're thinking about uh, improving your home prior to selling, uh, I'll have to tell you, it, windows are a great investment for you, and definitely you will get a decent return. It's one of those concerns that a lot of buyers nowadays, you know, when they're maxing out, and I want you to think about this, when people are in multiple offers, they're trying to buy a home, typically they're putting everything out there. You know, you hear about bidding wars, you hear about multiple offers, you know, you know, price is going 150 200 thousand over asking they're tapped out you know they, they they are at that point they're typically tapped out all their money is going into their down payment they do not have the ability to do improvements if you want to maximize your dollar the chances are they're going to have to roll everything in meaning their mortgage has got to be all encompassing when they buy the property they're not going to be able to afford to do windows when they finish buying the property if your property's already done, they're going to roll it into their mortgage. Now, I'm not telling you that that's the smartest thing to do, but the reality is the reality. And this is what happens when people do want to buy. They sometimes they say, listen, this is all we can afford. We cannot afford improvements after this. So hopefully the home has been done. Keep that in mind when you're in a neighborhood that you know is doing well, that you're selling your property. You know what? Believe it or not, you might invest ten dollars or $15,000 into a few new windows, a few new doors, but ultimately in the end, the buyer of your property isn't going to have to spend it, which means the chances of them paying you a little bit more for your home is there. So what else is going on in the real estate market? I don't know. You know, I got to tell you, I'm a little concerned about a lot of the stuff swirling around. Everybody's, you know, listening to the hype of the new numbers that are out and every single week. I have to answer the question about the almighty bubble. And, you know, in my opinion, I think people are putting way too much attention on this and making too many comments. I agree with the problem with the debt that's happening right now. There is a lot, you know, a lot of people are taking on probably too much debt because they're just, you know, they really want to get into the real estate market. But yet, as far as pricing goes, and we've talked about this Time and time again, Toronto proper right now has over a hundred thousand people coming into it each year because, and we got to stop talking about the record number of homes selling because that's just a function of more people moving here, folks. It's not like all of a sudden miraculously, boom, you know, everybody's buying. No, it's the fact that we've got more people. Our population is growing. It's the pricing that people have to be concerned about. And you should never overpay to get into a market. You know, I've always been that person that I've said, you know, I'm a renovator at heart, was for years. I tell people the better thing you should do is buy a property for a little less money 
and actually do the improvements yourself. Don't always buy somebody else's bells and whistles. You know, if you can afford to turn around and own a property for a little while before you move into it, you can do your painting, you can do your repairs, you can do the bathrooms, you can hire some professionals to help you out. By all means, this is where you will build equity. But if you are that person that has to turn around, you want finished product, you do want to step into it, you're going to pay. And this is what's happening right now in this marketplace. Good properties are selling for really good prices. And some of you are sitting there saying, yeah, but hang on, Todd. I've been out trying to buy an old wartime bungalow in a really good neighborhood. And that way I can fix it up later or we might knock it down, put up a house. There's a lot of people like you. And unfortunately, not everybody is going to be able to buy. The truth is, it's just not that much inventory. Supply and demand. It's going to continue. No matter what, you're going to have to gain some patience. Patience is key here in this in a market like this. I'm going to continue to repeat that. Patience is key. Do your due diligence. Know the neighborhood. Know where you want to be. Be prepared. Have your mortgage approval done. Have your home inspector on speed dial because never should you buy without a home inspection. You know how people are gauging it. They're turning around saying, hey, listen, by the way, we're going to allow showings for one week. And then we're going to allow the offers. You know what? That's plenty of time for a home inspector to go look at a property that you truly, truly like. One of the stats I did not like hearing out of Vancouver is nine out of 10 properties are being bought without a home inspection. In my, in my opinion, it's the lenders who should say no to that when they're over that price range of two and three million dollars. That's a very dangerous number to be at. When you take a look at a property, unless there's some kind of warranty guarantee or something in place, some kind of knowledge or whatever you're dealing with, make sure you know what you're buying. Very important stuff. Also, when you're buying, make sure you are in your comfort zone. Do not overpay. That's the most important thing for yourself. Make sure that you know if interest rates change, which I don't think they're going to do anytime soon, but make sure you're in a comfort zone. Remember, Find out about our final phase release. It is now. It's happening. Only 16 units left. Townhomes, 99.9. Can you believe that? Three bedroom townhomes. They're awesome. They're rented. Your tenant's already there. You own it. Title to you. Fully managed. All set and done. Go to thesimpleinvestor.com if you want an opportunity to get in on this. There's only a few left. Hey, listen, thanks for tuning in. Um, I want to thank my producer always, Ian Grant. He's awesome. Thank you for you tuning in. Remember, next week, make sure you join me at 4 p.m. for Chris Humanick. He is president of Community Trust. You're going to want to know what you can do with your RSPs. So we will talk to you next week. Next week.